Hello again, everyone. And joining us right now is Governor Tim Walz. And I understand that you're rerunning a campaign that you did late last year where children who deserve a shot can get one. Yeah, well, Freddie, Happy New Year to you, and thank you for having me. Yeah, that's right. I think your your listeners know that um, we're in another battle here with Omicron. The good news is, if you're if you're vaccinated and boosted, um, your chance of ending up in the hospital is incredibly small. Um, if if you're not, it's a pretty dangerous time. One of the things is with our our five to eleven year olds, we've got a good chunk of them vaccinated, but there's a lot more to go. And we know that these incentives help. They help families. They help the kids. So uh, get them vaccinated. They can collect two hundred dollars. Um, you know, this is their way to buy, put a down payment on a PS or whatever they need. But get them out there, get them vaccinated, keep them safe, keep the community safe. You said early on in the campaign or early on in this campaign against the pandemic that uh, you're following the science. Does the science show you that the Omicron variant will start a steep decline just as quickly as it shot up? It looks like that, Freddie. And, you know, this is relatively new. Keeping in mind, we had the second case in America identified here, and that was December 1st. Seems like a lifetime ago. And here it's now over 90 percent of the cases. And we're seeing our case counts are higher than they've ever been in the pandemic. The good news is whether it was in South Africa, Great Britain, or now we're seeing even in some of the southern states that the decline is relatively quick. So um, we've got a couple weeks here that's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge to keep our kids in schools, our teachers in schools, and of course our healthcare facilities. I think the good news is, though, Freddie, that that we should see a relatively rapid decline. And and as I said, if you're vaccinated, um, you have a 17 times less chance of ending up in the hospital, and it goes up even higher of of this this uh, you know taking lives tragically. So. Um, I do think we'll have a couple weeks here that'll be pretty tough. It's not too late. Get boosted, get the vaccines for these little ones. And then I think, you know, towards the first part of February here, we should see some real improvements. Everyone, we're talking with Governor Tim Walls, a 7.9 surplus. Uh, will you use some of those revenue, that revenue to help lower the health care costs for some marginalized Minnesotans? Absolutely. We know that the disparities in health care, the disparities in education, the disparities in home ownership, uh, Freddie, you've talked about it. Um, we've got so much to offer in our communities and our children all deserve a chance. And I think this this surplus, the vast majority of it was because of corporate profits that were unprecedented. Uh, there's some folks did really, really well during COVID and there's a whole lot of folks that didn't. And with those increased tax revenues on the corporate side and, and decreased government spending here in Minnesota, We've got a surplus, and I think what we do is we make sure that we're reducing costs for Minnesotans. That means reducing costs of child care, reducing costs of health care, giving folks options, and then getting some money back in their hands. I'd like to ask the legislature to do some of that, help pay for some of the things that COVID's caused globally in terms of gas prices increasing, some of the food costs increasing, and we think by the middle of next year, you'll start to see those come down. But this is a really good opportunity um, to make an investment in Minnesotans and making investments in communities. Governor Walls with us. I know Jesse Ventura put checks in hands of Minnesotans when there was a surplus in Minnesota a few years ago. Yeah, I, I think that's something that I agree with, too. I think, you know, when you do it one time, you're not creating long term deficits. My biggest thing is I want it targeted at those folks that were hit hardest by this. I want targeted at, at middle class folks and, and our children. Um, folks at the top end are doing just fine. And, and as long as this is targeted and those checks end up in the hands of folks, I think that's something that, that I'll advocate for. And then the investments that we can make, the investments in infrastructure. I uh, got the chance to be over in North Minneapolis here, you know, this week, and uh, Mm -hmm. there's some incredible projects out there that will have transformational impacts on communities. And, uh, 
as we've talked often, Freddie, the community knows what's best for them. The state can be a partner in making that happen. So with that, with the investments that you're looking to infuse into the North community, what's your expectations for the upcoming session, which is just a few days away? Yeah, I, I think this should be a good one. Minnesotans should expect us to compromise. They should expect us to uh, to be able to get a little bit of for everything in here, make sure we're investing. We've got a rainy day fund. Do so fiscally sound. Since I've been governor, I've never raised a tax and we have had record surpluses um, and we can continue to do that. And I think, for example, we were over visiting V3 in, uh, in North Minneapolis. These mm-hmm. are community groups aimed at families and kids that tell our kids they're worth it. And uh, this is an Olympic swimming pool, the same one that was used for the Olympic trials last year uh, and a facility that will be open to, to our kids in North Minneapolis and throughout the area. Um, to make us a destination. And then we're at Phyllis Wheatley Center. They, they've done incredible things for 98 years, um, making sure communities, especially the black community, had a voice and had a place where our children could be valued. Um, they're looking at uh, making some improvements to their camping. Uh, uh, they've got some land over in Carver County. They get our kids outside, let them learning about the things and let them spend some nights under the stars. These are the exciting things that we can do. This COVID has been hard on our kids been hard on our families. And now with Minnesota's financial position in this upcoming session, I'm going to encourage the legislators, let's do this civilly. Let's debate fairly. Let's disagree. We can disagree, but let's just agree that we can invest back, especially kids, families, and working folks who took the brunt during COVID, make things a little easier for them. So I'm pretty excited about it. Finally, you had a roundtable discussion with farmers, seniors, a lot of healthcare experts. What was your biggest takeaway from that, Governor? Well, that we're still a country that you're, we're very dependent on on our jobs provide us health insurance. Um, it's still way too expensive than it should be. The Affordable Care Act has made that much better. And here in Minnesota, we have a pretty high rate of that. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're holding people back. And I'm going to propose that there's a, a, a Minnesota care buy-in where folks can get a public option, affordable health care. And if you want to go and start your own business or do another job, uh, you're able to do that. We, we shouldn't be asking folks to self-insure themselves. We hear farmers talking about $30,000 a year with high deductibles. Um, it, it's pretty hard for people to hear of the massive profits going into healthcare and things like that when, when they're struggling just to get their kids covered. There's no reason that all of our children shouldn't have access to health care, access to dental care, and that we should have affordable prescription drugs. Those things all can make sense and it makes Minnesota stronger. So I think you're gonna see that. I, I, I would hope Minnesotans would start to look to that future, kind of the post COVID of, uh, of once we get through this wave, that there's some real opportunities here. We've been really resilient. And I think it's time for us to dream a little bit more, and especially around our kids. They've had a tough couple times. They're tough. They're resilient. I think they're going to be incredible leaders um, just because they've been through this. But let's give them the chance. Let's create these opportunities for them. Governor, you must be looking at my notes. My last question for you, <laughs> what, is the, what does the new Minnesota look like past or post-COVID? Yeah, I still believe, Freddie, in this one Minnesota, you heard me talk about this. I it, it drives me crazy the way people try and divide us, telling us that somehow greater Minnesota and, and the Twin Cities don't share values. We have different lifestyles. I'm not asking everybody to live the same way. I'm giving that opportunity and asking us to uh, to make sure that everybody's welcome in Minnesota. And, and the way you want to live your life, we want to make sure those opportunities are there. And I think in a post-COVID, there's more opportunities to work from home. Post-COVID, there's more opportunities for us to learn and focus on, on what it takes to care for our children. Um, we've done incredibly well, but but we need to fix some things. Fix some things like childcare. Um, 
fix some things like uh, long-term care for our parents, and then making sure we're investing in communities that have so much to offer. This this V3 opportunity is there's just so much talent and so much uh, innovation happening in North Minneapolis. Let's make sure as a state we're investing there too, to make sure that those kids have every opportunity as a kid in Mankato or a kid in Worthington or a kid in Edina would have. And, and so I think this one Minnesota piece even more than ever. We saw what happens when we pull together and help each other. We also see what happens when we decide to fight and pull against one another. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't want that drama. I don't want this constant, um, everything has to be a fight about things. I think there's compromises because Minnesotans have always found a way to do that. All right. Governor, we got to leave it right there. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Yeah, thanks, Freddie. Okay, take care.